Hello, welcome to our MXA podcast episode two. Uh, Hoodie's here and we have... <laughs> we have Honza again. <laughs> Honza again. It's like deja vu. Oh. Um, thanks for listening to our first podcast, guys, if you did. I uh, hope it was helpful and maybe resonated. Um, we're going to talk about some different topics today. One is going to just explain a little bit about our MXA live program, training program that we've got a few people on at the moment that's been awesome. Um, We're going to look into some tempo with your strength training, explain what it is and what the benefits are. Um, We're also going to talk about what to do when the gym's reopen. Are you excited about that, Honza? Oh, I can't wait. I'm very excited for the gyms. Um, Also, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to answer some questions we had from... um, from one of our members of the MXA Live program. Um, and that'll be it. Yeah. That'll be it for today. All right. Let's, let's start it off. Let's get into it. <laughs> um, MXA Live, what is it? You might have heard a little bit about it. Um, it's a program that we're running at the moment that's online. Um, and it's great for people that don't have access to the gym right now, but maybe have a kettlebell or a dumbbell or something at home and they still want to keep up their fitness. Um, the principles around it is a lot of what we like to do in our training. Um, and we want to be able to roll that into a full gym program for people when the gyms reopen. So we've been doing some full body strength work. We're having conditioning and cardio days. Um, We emphasize a lot of the unilateral work, so that means like using single arm, single leg um, exercises that really helps for muscular balance and stability. So if you're really weak on one side of your body, you know, using all the barbell stuff um, can maybe make some imbalances that could lead to some injuries. So we work on uh, trying to mitigate that as much as possible. Um, And we're focused a lot on longevity. So we want people to be able to train for a long period of time, minimizing the risk of injury um, and having fun so that they can stay healthy for a a long time in their life. Um, How how long are we talking? How long are we talking? As long long as you possibly can. When you're like 80, still busting out pull-ups. MXA live. MXA live. (laughs) MXA not dead. (laughs) Uh, How we deliver the guys is... So basically what we guys do is um, we build this online on a website, like a little portal for our members. Um, So whenever you guys sign up, you're just going to get a login into it. Um, And then you're just going to sign up and then you click on each day. You're always going to see one week of the workouts in advance. So you can even plan a little bit more around your week. Um, You know, even if you sometimes feel like not doing the the conditioning on a day when you're really, really tired, uh, you can... You know, just swap it over with some of the strength stuff. Um, so you always log in onto the website. You can either do it through your phone or your laptop. And you always click on the day. Then you see uh, the workout in there. You can see your warm-ups. You can see all the exercises. And there's always the notes in the, on the bottom of it as well. So, you know, sometimes when we get stuck in what we do, there's usually a bit of advice uh, and a few little bit different variations. So for people who maybe do have a bubble at home, or if they don't, then what they can do instead. And the best part on this, there's a comment section where all the members basically can talk to each other. So everyone's been posting their workouts. Um, 
you know, just talking how they're going, how easy or hard it is. Um, we've got some... Definitely uh, keeps them engaged, keeps you accountable when you know that other people are doing the workouts and we're commenting there. You know, yep. you give that little bit of extra motivation. And everyone's been posting at times for the conditioning days as well, which has been really fun. So you can see there's like a little competition going on when, you know, people are trying to go a little bit quicker than, you know, when they see other people doing it. So, yeah, that's how we deliver it. It's been real fun. Um, so we'll get onto it, guys. And we do have a free seven-day trial. You can jump in and trial it out for yourself. And then it's just $9 a week. I mean, how good is that? How could pretty you, cheap. How could you not want to get yeah. involved? Why is it so involved? cheap? Because <laughs> we're just out of the goodness of our hearts. Beautiful. Uh, alrighty, let's talk about... Uh, we're going to talk about some tempo work now, guys. Um, just because tempo is one of you know our main pillars of the programming. And I would basically like a training philosophy in general. Definitely. Um, do you maybe want to start the hoodie and just kind of explain how it works, what it is, and yeah, just give us a little bit more info? Sure. Um, tempo is just kind of the cadence or the speed that you do an exercise. So instead of just having, maybe you're doing like some back squats, instead of just trying to go down and bounce out of the bottom and just try and get the heaviest weight you possibly can... Um, we yeah <laughs> it works really really well for a while um, but tempo is kind of the next evolution of that where you purposefully maybe slow down or speed up different parts of an exercise so it's a four step tempo um, the four numbers they relate to the down phase of the exercise first up then whether there's a pause at the bottom and then the up phase of the exercise, and then whether there's a pause at the top. So for example, if you have, you're doing your back squats and you see a three, one, X, one tempo, which is quite common um, in stuff that we, that we program, that would mean you're doing three seconds on the way down, then you're doing a one second pause at the bottom. The X just means to come up as fast as you can, um, and then a one pause at the top. So now instead of just getting up the weight any way that you can, you know, you've got to control that down phase and you've also got to pause at the bottom, which could be really helpful to improve your strength coming out of the bottom of a squat or get more used to it. Um, another example might be a bent over row with a two, 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 two. That's a lot of twos. And it's pretty a simple tempo. <laughs> yeah, it's like Richie, Richie Benno, if anyone was an old cricket fan. Chew for chew, chew, chew. Um, Hansa right. is not going to understand I that reference at all, but someone no might idea. get it. It's like me talking about ice hockey in front of you. This is yeah, work. that's true. <laughs> Except for Gretzky. That's all I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that one would be two down, two pause at the bottom, two up. So even controlling the up phase, and then a two pause at the top, which something for like a row is really handy to really get that um, engagement right at the top of the exercise, can make it a lot tougher. Um, and Hans is going to explain in a bit what the benefits would that be. Um, integrated into your program, we mainly do this for strength exercises, um, which you'll see if you are doing one of our programs, um, but it can also be included in some conditioning work sometimes just to forcefully slow you down and focus on some specific movements. Nice. What do you think the benefits of that are, Hansa? What do I think? Um, so there's a couple of benefits, obviously. There's obviously a reason why we do it as much as we are doing it. 
Um, the first one, and I would say the main one, is just a improve of the movement patterns. Um, so that means we're just learning how to do the movement properly in a little bit more controlled way. And we found, I don't know, uh, we've been doing it for a while, and we find that people get, you know, for example, squatting under tempo, they squat got so much better just by actually allowing them to be in the tempo, especially with those pauses on the bottom of the squats, for example, yeah. um, or the pauses on the top of the bent overalls, as you were just talking about. Um, so just doing that, that people just move way better over time. Um, the second one I would say is an increased strength. Um, so because we holding a little bit more time under tension on the squatting, um, so obviously we're just getting a stronger there through specifically through the full range of motion, which is really important to say as well. Yeah. Um, so it's not just getting stronger in a half range, but we're trying to work through the full range and just making sure we can control the barbell and the strength through the full range of motion. Um, increase hypertrophy. Uh, so that means we're just getting a little bit bigger. Uh, just make, making sure that you know your muscles are growing. Uh, yeah, again, that, that yeah. just works with like increased time under tension, which means that the muscles have to exert force for a longer period of time, and it makes them uh, stressed longer in the exercise. Which um, more on like a scientific level helps with uh, the tears or the breakdown of muscle, mm -hmm. which then rebuilds. So it's pretty big in bodybuilding type stuff, but it's also really handy for our functional training programs for people looking to maybe increase a bit of muscle mass too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then I think pretty much really big reason why we like it as well, because you can actually use it less loading, but get the same adaptation, um, which is really important, especially when we're talking about doing a lot of heavy stuff when something's on your, on your back. Um, so just making sure we're not loading up your spine too much and too often every single day. Um, just again, as we were talking about before, the longevity, which is really important part of, you know, what we do. Um, so just making sure that, you know, you don't have to lift, you know, the 100% of your weight all the time, but we can, you know, get you a little bit less weight, but get the same adaptation. Um, and also tempo is a great for training from home. Uh, as Perfect right now. It's pretty, pretty good time for tempo work. Uh, I've personally been doing heaps of it. You've been personally doing a lot of it. Yeah. Um, it was um, for me, actually, I said in the last one when I hurt my toe and I couldn't actually do lots of heavy stuff with the bar, I went for about five weeks where I was only doing kettlebell and dumbbell stuff. Um, and then the last couple of weeks, I've been back into my heavier squats and deadlifts and I've felt like I've lost no strength at all. Nice. That's awesome. Is pretty cool. That's what I guess most people were probably worried about losing strength if they're not doing yeah. it for that amount of time. Even me, like I used to think that in the past a lot. Um, so it's really good to see that for me, it, uh, it hasn't lost any strength at all. And, it, and if anything, it's probably helped my mobility and I feel a little bit stronger in some positions, which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's been probably the greatest tool to use for, you know, home training. Um, as you know, like I've been programming for a lot of my clients and, um, to do day training at home when they have a dumbbell and kettlebell and tempo was one of the main things we've been doing. And, you know, it's really hard, especially if you, you know, if you're a bit evil with that <laughs> stuff. So which I've been, <laughs> but you know, like, like split squats. Yes. But all like, even just like making those squats, especially like, you know, example when you can do squats with two down, two hold, two up and two second hold on a top, it makes your life pretty shit <laughs> for the period of time. So, you know, you can make those workouts really, really tough with not too heavy weight. So I think that's the best benefit, especially for this time of, you know, in the middle of pandemic. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Um, speaking of the pandemic, that's a nice little segue into the next yeah, section. That was well done. That was really good. Real smooth. It's <laughs> got the moves over here. Um, what to do when gyms reopen? So 
it looks like at the moment, probably in the next few weeks to a month, we should be able to get back into the gym. Also depends there, just stop you, uh, depends where we are in the world. So some gyms might That's be already true. actually open. Our international MXA viewers, Always, listeners. Uh, but you know, it kind of depends where we are as well. But uh, as everyone, most of you guys know, hopefully who's listening, you know, we're sitting in Australia in Sydney and the gyms are still closed and we don't really have the date. Yeah, no, you can you can go to the pub, you can get drunk, <laughs> but uh, you cannot go to the gym. We'll see the you moment. guys there. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think talks a lot about Australian culture in general, really. Oh, yeah. um, That's the thing we just talked about before the podcast, actually. We were yeah. just, just talking how strange the times are. Yeah. Um, but maybe before we start what to do, maybe we should talk about what not to do first. Sure. Um, because we feel like there's going to be, you know, not just individuals, but a lot of gyms programming as well. Um you know, the the thing, the first thing you want to do, which you should not do, is just to go back where you were before. I'm um, just going to go in, I'm going to do Murph on the first day. <laughs> which you would probably do pretty well because you've been doing a lot of bodyweight stuff. Been practicing a lot of bodyweight, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably the very first thing you don't want to do is to do more bodyweight stuff. So if you are someone who's, you know, programming for, for your gym or you're programming from some other gym, just make sure you're not putting too much bodyweight stuff because people are going to be sick of it. Uh, let's be fair people are already sick of it uh, we already th- passed that point I think probably about two weeks in they were yeah. sick of it uh, so just that's the first thing which you should not should not do is program more bodyweight stuff into your workout so just really try to you know keep it on that side and uh, maybe come back to it in a few weeks or maybe a month or so um, another thing which you shouldn't do and just to keep people motivated as they go try not to do a hero workout or any workouts where we usually know your times um, what, what's like a hero workout for some people? Let's say we can be like, no, maybe, maybe let's say Elizabeth, which is your, you know, one of the CrossFit workouts. Um, you know, what's your 2159 of ring dips and, uh, and a power cleans, uh, hang power cleans. Um, just because, you know, we know that when we're going to come back to the gym, we're probably not going to be at the same level as we were before, especially with those barbell movements. You know, maybe your fitness might be a little bit better than it was before, but we're definitely not going to be as strong and we're probably not going to be as skilled with the barbell and, you know, doing all those technical things. It's going to take us a few weeks to come back to. Um, so the first thing you don't want to do is just to get people when you do the workout and then look at their times and be like, fuck, I'm getting slower because um, that's, that's the one thing we don't want to see is just losing your motivation on the day one totally like confidence i think when they're coming back like ease them in and build up their confidence and motivation because people should be excited to get back to yeah. the gym you don't want them to come in and then within three days you've made them injured or made them really sore because they haven't been training that much yeah. um, and then get demotivated yeah. that's the worst thing that we could have happen for them for sure what you can do uh, just in this case is just maybe you can recreate the same workout but just maybe just change the rep schemes or something so people don't actually know what they are supposed to do um, so there will be one thing to maybe look at and then the last thing which I'm uh, hoping that no one's gonna do and that's a finish where you sorry start where you finish your last cycle or just go wherever you finish so because a lot of us, a lot of gyms, you know, we had to close in the middle of a cycle when we were training. Just please don't pick off from where you finished. So like you were, I think like we were literally force. a week out from a testing week yeah, as so, well. <laughs> yeah, please don't test, don't do a testing. One RMs when you come back. <laughs> yeah, so try to not to, you know, keep going on that cycle, but just restart the whole thing and then just start it slightly easier for people. And maybe uh, you can just talk about now what you know what's the best best things to do or what we, in our opinion, what we think people should be doing yeah i think obviously the first question that you should be asking all of your members um is what have they been doing 
So if they have been training consistently over this, you know, two to three month period, um, they're going to be in much better shape to come in mm. and start working again. Whereas if you've got somebody who's done nothing for three months, um, you know, you don't want to just throw them back into the deep end. Um, the starting off, probably looking at what you would do kind of at the start of a phase or a block of training, if you're, you know, starting the season in, in a sport type term or someone coming back in from not training for a while is probably just emphasize more strength-based stuff, definitely using the tempo work that we just mm -hmm. talked about. Um, and then looking at your lower intensity aerobic style training. So your yeah. longer duration aerobic style training, um, just to get them used to the movements again, you know, it's even a nervous system for a lot of people when they haven't done the actual exercise for a while. You know, you come back in and you try and get someone to do a snatch and they haven't done it for three months. Like the nervous system is not primed to do that if they haven't been, you know, constantly doing that movement. So start with maybe a little bit more basic movements like your squats and your deadlifts and your presses. Not that they're basic, but they're probably more used to those compared mm -hmm. to some power-based movements. Um, and then look at more, like you said, um, changing up the rep scheme. I saw a really cool video. I was watching um, a guy who is a powerlifting coach and he had an idea of when the gyms reopen to put some odd rep schemes into things. So for him, obviously powerlifting coach, really emphasizing squat, deads and bench. Um, instead of going with a rep scheme that people are used to and they kind of know what weight they should be doing. Mm -hmm. So like most people that have been training for a while might know what their one, three and five rep maxes are. And so he was saying, maybe I'm going to program, you know, some seven reps or some nine reps on a back squat, <laughs> which is going to be <laughs> pretty brutal, but it kind of takes away the association with what mm -hmm. they should be lifting. And then people can just worry about, you know, getting back into it and getting back to their um, movements and just yeah. enjoying the training again, um, I think, which is really cool. So just start with consistency in mind. Instead of coming in and just trying to do high intensity and just trying to, as you said, start back where they were, yeah. you know, just think about for the next month or so, I just want to get my routine back together and I want to lo love going to the gym again, I think is probably the, the best idea. Nice. That's awesome. All right, let's talk about a couple of questions we had. Uh, we had a questions from Rado. Uh, thank you for sending those questions. That was awesome. Uh, so you had a few things to say. So you have two things to talk about. So let's talk about the first one, probably. Um, the question was, or maybe the uh, the whole message basically we got is, I mostly sleep six to six and a half, half hours uh, a night. Doesn't matter if I doesn't matter if I work out hard or not. It's been always around six hours. I'm I'm in bed by eleven and then up by five. I'm completely awake. In any comment any comments on that? Um, it's not eight hours. I don't think it will be ever able to sleep for eight hours on a regular basis. Doesn't mean that my recovery will be compromised. It's a good question, right? Eh? It's actually a really good question. And I'm sure there's probably lots of people out there that um, have a similar kind of thing, particularly with that sleep. We get that question a lot from clients, mm. I reckon. Um, let's start with 
maybe just giving some basic guidelines around it. Obviously, you know, we could go into this whole topic in a, in a later podcast in depth, but let's give like, you some ideas. It's a later podcast today as well, <laughs> 9 p.m. It is. Honza <laughs> is barely staying awake. I think I'm just hitting my stride and he's yeah. about to fall off the chair. I'm about to wake up and train soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, I would probably be asking about the quality of the sleep as the first thing. So is it unbroken sleep? Uh, are you waking up during the middle of the night to go to the bathroom? Um, are you waking up tired in the morning? Um, sleep can be a lot with the stress response of the body. So we have um, a hormone called cortisol. Um, and over the, t- the course of the day, you know, that kind of builds up. And whether you're working hard, you're stressed, you're training, like you're adding a lot to that, you know, that can really affect your sleep quality. Um, so that would be the first thing that we'd look at. It can also affect your recovery. So mm-hmm. is your recovery compromised with six hours sleep? Probably. And um, you could probably improve your recovery getting more sleep. Um, and that just is not going to be as simple as just sleeping for longer or forcing you to. Mm-hmm. Um, There's going to be making some changes maybe to your nightly routine that might be a good idea um, on how we can help with that sleep. Yeah. Um, which Honza has some pretty good ideas around. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we go into it, I think as well, uh, there's going to a lot of come to what your day looks like too, um, as we were talking about before your stress. But also like it depends because a lot of people like, you know, doing a 45 minutes of exercise a day is usually not enough to make you tired. Um, so just making sure that you're looking at, you know, your need, which is your uh, non-exercise activity thermogenics, which basically just means how much you move and what, how much you do outside of your exercise. So for example, now these days, which is really hard, everyone's having a home office at home. Sorry, everyone's working at home. A home office at, at home, home. As opposed to a home office at work. Exactly. Um, anyway, uh, so, you know, uh, if you're working from home, you're not walking anywhere, so you basically, first thing you do, you wake up in the morning, you sit down onto your table, you, you know, do your work there, then you go to kitchen to get a lunch, and then you walk back to your table, that's usually not enough activity that's, that's during a big the day. It's a very big day. <laughs> I think the biggest thing people have now is walking for a coffee. Yeah. You know? um, so, funny. looking at that is going to be really important, just to make sure that we're moving enough during the day, so you're actually tired when you go to bed. Um, also, as we were talking about it right before the podcast, when we were just discussing this, is uh, how close to your sleep are you training? Uh, which is going to be really, you know, um, important part as well. We all know when we train too late and then we're trying to sleep, it usually doesn't work. Yeah, it definitely fires up your nervous system and you're, you know, in a fight or flight response as opposed to your rest, digest, digest your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. Um, so yeah, if you are, you know, doing some high intensity type training close to sleep, that can definitely, uh, make it longer for you to, you know, what we call like kind of shut down or slow down, um, going into your sleep. What's kind of some ideas to maybe do like an hour or so before you go into bed? So it, it's going to be very individual. So just keep this in kind of like what we do and maybe we can just talk about what would work for us in, uh, you know, in the past and what works for us right now. Um, but obviously just make sure you do adjustments on whatever you think is going to be the best thing for you. Uh, but having some kind of night routine is going to be really important in this case, just to make sure that your body knows when you're getting ready to sleep. Um, that's usually what is the best part on the whole thing. So your body kind of like, oh, he's doing these things. That means we're going to bed in like 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it might be. 
So for example, like I like to turn off my TV and my screens like, you know, an hour before I go to bed. Some people use blue light blockers. That's one of the great things as well these days with technology that you can actually use those. I don't have ones. I really want to get ones, but uh, you, wanna, you know, one of those orange ones when you look really stupid. Too busy taping your mouth. Yep, which we'll talk about later <laughs> on soon. Um, but yeah, having some kind of night routine. So I like to turn off all my computers and all my TVs and screens like an hour before I go to bed. Um, uh, usually, for example, we were talking about it before. Some people love to read before they they go to bed. Um, you were saying that you're using some kind of white noise or your music or yeah, music. I used to really struggle uh, with sleep for like the last few years, just based around kind of my routine of getting up early and um, working a lot and just trying to re jig that around which is like the complete opposite to what i do these days which is sleeping a lot and working not that much um but yeah music was a big thing for me um just having some like quiet music like maybe it's like meditation or yoga music or even just some chill music that i used to actually have just in some headphones and i would just listen to that and that would help just to drift me off to sleep um and just probably quiet your mind really Mm -hmm. um similar to like what we talked about last week with going for the walk and having some music sometimes uh that just really helps to calm me down Mm -hmm. um and that took me a while to get that but then in the end that was kind of a really good way to put me to sleep um and it took it took a long time to be honest to actually change sleep cycles so don't Mm -hmm. expect just change it in two weeks like honestly it took me a couple of years um so yeah, but that could definitely something that could help. Yep. Um, yeah, for it. So I can actually tell you my whole life, my routine, maybe just for an inspiration. So whatever usually I do is um, I try to, as I was saying before, like an hour before I go to bed, I try to turn off uh, all computers and all screens. And I usually as well use this like a modern iPhone where you can just turn your screen full red so it doesn't actually have any blue light. Uh, so you can still look into your phone if you really want to, but you don't necessarily not have to. Um, usually just try to turn most of the big lights and the, the ceiling lights off uh, just because they're shining a lot so trying to maybe either have a candle or just having some kind of side uh, like a what do you call it lamp yeah lamp lamp yeah that's what <laughs> I love lamp um <laughs> uh, just trying to turn it on so you know the the light is a little bit it's not as intense as it would be from the from the ceiling light I try to read before I go to bed so just that uh, usually gets my mind uh, off thinking about work mainly um which, you know, it's we've been working a lot lately, so or at least I have been working a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, someone's been working yeah. a lot. So that, that's usually what I do. So I just try to read for like 30, 30 minutes roughly every night. And then usually have a really warm shower. Some people love to have a warm shower. Some people love to have a cold showers. So that really depends. Fuck cold showers. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, then I go to bed, I read a little bit more. And then I do my meditation before I go to sleep. And that's usually when I fall asleep. I use... Um, if I can reference, I use a headspace. Um, they have this like yeah. a sleep meditation, and I usually put fifteen minutes on, and I don't even last for five. Yeah. Like it's it, it just knocks me down. But it's not because of the meditation; it's because of the whole process I've done before. So my body's actually ready to sleep. Yeah. Um, I think probably a final point would be maybe just tracking how you're feeling in the morning when you wake up. So just giving yourself like a one to ten on a scale. Um, you know, how long you slept for that night, um, whether you woke up during the night and how you feel now, uh, in the morning. So like a one to 10 scale and just track that over time gives you a bit of like quantifiable data of 
is your sleep improving? Because um, there's no point like thinking what you were like two weeks ago and how that sleep was, you're not gonna remember. So just each day, you know, if you're getting, if you're always hitting fives at the moment, like you're feeling a bit tired and you didn't sleep that great, and then, you know, you're putting some of the uh, procedures in place that Honza talked about, and then within a month, maybe you're getting sixes now, and then in six months, you know, you're getting sevens. Nice. Like, you know that it's actually making a difference. Yep, that's awesome. Or the same thing as I've, I've been tracking my sleep with Boop, um, as we talk about it a lot. And I love on that, that, you know, first of all, you have it in your phone, so you never forget. Um, and then there's like a little journal when you wake up and it tracks all your activities. So let's say you were reading before bed, so you can log it in if you were or you were not. Um, you know, if you're looking in the screens, if you were meditating or just all kinds of things, you can actually set it up as on your own. And then over time, it tells you like a monthly or yearly performances, like what helps, you know, to get you a little bit more deep sleep, what helps, you know, if, if you meditate, you get like extra 20% of your deep sleep or stuff like this. So it kind of shows you what's actually working and what's not working for you. Um, shows you how much alcohol affects your sleep too, uh, which is very interesting. Um, so yeah, there's something like this, like what you were saying, either write it down or just get something which tracks your sleep, um, which does it for you basically. Nice. Um, and then on to the second question. All right. Secondly, I've been trying to put a weight on, well, gain muscle mass, but uh, it's not really happening. Although I've been training hard and eating a lot. Do you count calories? What uh, what would be sustainable amount for me? Honza, 4,000 calories sounds a bit extreme. Thank <laughs> you for feedback in advance. Uh, cool. Again, a good question, uh, Rado, and I'm sure other people have probably had this uh, thought process. Uh, let's go into a couple of things with this one. We're not going to be able to give you just an individual response to that because obviously you probably need to sit down and look at a lot more of the factors. But we're going to, again, talk about some main things. A um, couple of things would be one is something called a somatotype or somatotypes, um, which is you know kind of just your genetics or your main body structure. Uh, we have three main somatotypes, ectomorph, mesomorph, and endomorph. Um, and just knowing Rado personally definitely would be in that ectomorph category, which is somebody who's, uh, naturally has a high, higher metabolic rate, um, is naturally quite lean and thin and would have trouble putting on muscle mass and, uh, fat. Again, Hans are probably in that category. I've been there. Um, <laughs> and then you have the endomorphs, which are the, pretty much the opposite. We'll put on, um, weight and muscle, uh, quicker and uh, more susceptible to that, you know, bigger frame, bigger, um, bigger body, um, just genetically. And then your mesomorphs kind of in the middle, which are definitely more athletic and will put on more muscle quickly, but also will can put on fat quite quickly. They just really adapt to whatever they're doing. They're those really annoying people that will go to the gym for like two weeks and then they'll just be like, awesome. Yeah. And they'll just like put on gains super easy. Um, so yeah, that is just one thing, just thinking about genetics. Um, someone who's an ectomorph trying to put on muscle mass is just going to generally take a bit longer than some of those other types. Um, looking at that, the first thing would be that you need to eat a lot more than you think you do Yeah, <laughs> to put on. It's, it's, it's just not that easy um, to put on muscle. Uh, three to five kilos of lean muscle per year is usually a pretty good outcome for somebody, um, mm -hmm. which uh, like, you know, naturally not with any extra help <laughs> enhancers. Um, so it just takes a long time. Um, but a couple of things that can help you with that, Hans is just going to go into them. 
Yeah, so uh, first of all, I can say I can definitely relate to Rado's question. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been it's been more like a lifelong journey to to you know try to put a bit of weight on. Um, so I definitely just, feel just to get to sixty kilos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's been it's been a long journey. So you know, like so you know, like I put fourteen kilos in the last you know few years. It's five years. Um, so it's taken me a long time to get you know to the point where I am now, but. Um, just so you know, as Hoodie was saying before, you need to eat a lot more than you think. I think that's a really nice way how to look at it because you're going to have to eat a lot. That's, that's what's going to happen. Um, there's going to be a few things. What I would recommend to do to start with though, if you have never tracked macros before, I would recommend to go and track your macros for a week and try not to change anything and actually be really, you know, be be honest with yourself. So just and just sorry, your macros are what, Honza? Oh, sorry, your macronutrients. So just uh, tracking how many calories, how much protein, carbs, and fats you're eating in a week. Yeah. Um, sorry, each day for a week. Um, yeah. So be really honest with yourself. Those trying to change too much of the things because that doesn't really help you. Uh, so just making sure you have a look at it because usually what happens that happens to me when I when I started for the very first time, I was like, oh, I'm eating so much food, you know, like. Um, I can't even like fit in more and it was like two and a half thousand calories yeah you know and that's that's what I usually burn a day um, if I do a little bit easy workout in the day um, so looking at that so first days. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically you've been uh, a beast lately oh, killing it no joke anyway uh, so looking at that is going to be really important so I would recommend for you Rado to track your macros for a week and kind of have a look where are you sitting um and then basically after that, there's going to be two important things to look at, and that's going to be your calorie and your protein intake. Um, to start with, usually tracking macros is pretty overwhelming when you've never done it before. Um, so just tracking these two is going to allow you to, you know, make sure that you're getting enough calories into your body so your body actually has something to take from. And then obviously getting as much protein as we can is going to be important to uh, make sure we have something to build the muscles from. Um, so in these two... Uh, Try to track your macros first and then see how much you're eating. How many calories hoodie would you recommend for, for you know, like a male? I would say it's going to be around like 75 kilos, maybe 70. Yeah, it's obviously very individual, but a, just a general idea. Say you're eating 2,000 calories a day, which would be fairly common, I guess, for most people. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, you know, in, in your question, you thought that eating 4,000 a day is extreme. Um, you know, there's people that are easily eating six to eight that uh, six to eight thousand calories a day, um, particularly if they are putting on uh, muscle mass. So instead of just going from one extreme to the other, maybe just trying to add 500 calories per week to what you're eating. So if you're at 2,000 currently, you know, try 2,500 um, and see how that feels, so that you're not overloading it. And then once that feels good. Um, then maybe moving up to 3000 and then you can kind of just build up from there. And that kind of sees, gives you a chance to track where you're at and whether it's working or not, mm-hmm. um, is probably how I would suggest it going. But you know, Hans are at the moment, what do you weigh? Like 80 kilos ish. Yeah. Just over 80. Yeah. So if he's eating 4,000, um, that might be something to work towards, but yeah, instead of just going from one extreme to the other, just take your time with it and mm-hmm. just build it up. Yeah, for sure. And then also uh, looking at your protein intake, um, you should be on the higher scale of the protein. Um, so basically what we're looking at usually is just getting for the muscle gain is try to get somewhere around 2.2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. 
Um, so if we're looking at your, you know, 70 kilos, so you should be somewhere around that 150 grams at least of protein a day, um, which um, if you've, you know, tracked the macros before, you know how hard it is to get as much protein in. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be very important for you, you know, to eat, you know, eat all your whatever diet you're going to be on. I'm not sure if you're vegetarian or vegan, just making sure that all your protein choices, you know, all your meals are including all the protein choices and also probably protein shake in this case is probably a good good idea you know liquid calories are always an easier way to get in there yeah um, just getting some kind of smoothies yeah they usually help um the probably like just a, a quick dive into the training as well obviously doing more strength and hypertrophy work is going to be important um and maybe just tracking how much cardio you're doing during the week um it is possible to put on muscle mass while still doing a lot of cardio it'll just take longer usually so you might just want to drop a little bit of the higher intensity or the longer duration cardio that you're doing while you're focusing on this um, to give your body some extra uh, resources to help with building the muscle um, as Honza said protein super important but carbohydrate is also important in uh muscle synth uh, synthesis as well so making sure that you are getting adequate pro uh, protein and carbohydrates which you know is going to come back to the actual calories that you're eating um, obviously we advocate to try and eat as good quality food as possible as your number one choice um, but at the end of the day it is going to come down to that energy balance of more calories in than calories out in your body so if you're doing you know a shitload of cardio throughout the week and not eating as much or eating the same as what you're currently eating, well, you know, that's not going to work, is yeah. it? So as Honza said, just tracking your macros and your calories, getting your ideas, um, and then slowly trying to add more uh, food as you go. Um, and then maybe just kind of tailoring your program or your training a little bit more around your goal of actually putting on muscle mass. Mm -hmm. For sure. It actually just reminded me, um, when we talked about these two questions are actually really related to each other as well just talking about sleep and talking yeah. about you know trying to gain the muscle um in this case um i was just we were just talking about before there was a study which been done it's more on a weight loss but it kind of shows you how important sleep would be um so there was a study actually done a few years ago when they took people into lab and they were uh, there for two weeks and they had separated them in two groups, one of them which was sleeping for six hours and less, one of them which was sleeping for eight hours and more. And they were tracking, um, they were on the same diet, so all of them were eating the same thing. So just making sure that everyone's, you know, um, having the same. And then all, after two weeks, they tested them and they just kind of have a look how they went. Um, the good thing is all of them lost the weight, which was, you know, the main, main goal of helpful. it. Yep, very helpful. But the difference was the people who were... Uh, uh, sleeping for eight hours and more they mainly lost uh, fat which is awesome that's exactly what we want but the other group uh, on the other side which was sleeping for eight hours and sorry six hours and less they mainly lost the muscle mass all um, right so you can see how much importance in that you know muscle gain or mu or losing weight or whatever your goal is how much the sleep is going to be really important so you know just think of these two things going to be very very closely correlated together yeah, that makes me think as well when we talked about kind of the stress uh, response well, as well when you sleep. Obviously, the more stressed your body is and the poorer you sleep, the more it is going to hold on to fat as well mm -hmm. as like a survival mechanism. Yeah. Um, so that would make a lot of sense. And also, it's going to have less resources to do other, other things than getting rid of the stress because that's the main, you know, that's the main thing we need to do when we sleep. So, yeah, um, yeah. so there'll be it.
Nice. Um, hope that helped, Rado, and anyone else who kind of had a similar ideas. Please send us some more questions through. That's awesome. That really helps um, on this, and we can give you some good information. If you want to know a little bit more, maybe just uh, contact us, and we can help you out with that. But other than that, I think that was a pretty good podcast. Done. Um, thanks, for everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll speak to you hopefully next week again. And yep. make sure you guys follow on Instagram. Make sure you keep taking us on the MXA Live stuff. Tell all your friends. And we'll speak to you soon, guys. Bye. Bye.